Welcome to Cyberspin, the podcast that brings you expert insights to today's hot topics in cybersecurity, privacy, and compliance for highly regulated industries. Subscribe to Cyberspin on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform, and a transcript of each episode can be found at redspin.com. Hello, welcome back to Cyberspin. I'm Lauren Frickle. I'm excited to introduce this episode as we have a special guest joining Robert and Tony. In this episode, Helvi Longoria, the CISO at Florida International University, also referred to as FIU, joins us, and FIU is an organization in need of a CMMC assessment. First, a little about Helvi and FIU. Helvi is the Chief Information Security Officer at Florida International University. She oversees all aspects of cybersecurity at FIU, including, but not limited, to endpoint security, network security, incident response, cyber risk management, two-factor authentication, remote access, vulnerability management, and security awareness. And FIU is Miami's public research university focused on student access. FIU is a top U.S. research university. It's an R1 with more than $200 million in annual expenditures. FIU ranks 15th in the nation among public universities for patent production, which drives innovation and is one of the institutions that help make Florida the top state for higher education. With that, let's get started with the episode and talk with Helvi on her organization's need for a CMMC assessment. Hey, Rob, how's it going? Hello. I'm happy to be here with Helvi from FIU. Helvi, thank you for joining us. We'll jump right into the first question. How did you first learn about CMMC? So, Rob, I heard about CMMC through some higher ed education groups that I belong to. So a lot of us in the higher ed community are looking at this because it's new to us and it's all over some of our discussion groups. Okay, so Helvi, do you know at all about CMMC and the different levels and do you know what level you need? I'm a little familiar with CMMC. Uh, I've, you know, I've, I started to do my research uh, on it. I do know that I need to be at a minimum of a level three. I do need to f- do a little bit more digging on what it takes for us to go from a level three to a level four and five, but that's more in the long term. However, I still have questions on how we go about getting the certification and how we, you know it has to be by a third party. So, uh, what are the building blocks we need to get to that point? And I think it's really where I'm at right now. Right. And I know we had a discussion before, but I I wanted you to kind of express, because I'm sure you're not the only chief information security officer out there that's feeling this, but what was your thoughts when you first heard that you had to do CMMC? Wow. (laughs) I was like, we're just coming out of the NIST 171, right? That we have to have all these access controls for for research and and for uh, CUI data. And now we have CMMC. And first I was like, how is this going to differ from what we're already doing with 171? Is it just additional controls or is it completely something different in addition to that? So that, that, that's really where I was when I first heard about it. And I was also concerned about the timelines, right? Because if it's an aggressive timeline, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up because Tony and I have been talking about that during this series. You know, it's best to start preparing now, even though it may be down the road, but the more you're ahead of the game, the better. So have you guys already started setting aside resources and uh, personnel, et cetera? No. So uh, resources and personnel are going to be a challenge. I, I think that's probably going to be our biggest challenge. I think the technology is there, the the understanding, and we can get up to speed really quickly on what 
exactly CMMC entails. However, uh, resources are going to be a challenge. They are a challenge today, even without it. So mm-hmm. I think that's a challenge that we face. And I believe other universities are going to face the same problem. Yeah, I'm sure everybody is in that boat. And Tony, I don't know yeah. if you want to jump in and explain a little bit about the CMMC level three certification. I know Healthy has done her homework, but maybe there's some tips she can give her in prepping. Yes. Yeah, she, she's absolutely right. As an R1 university, she will be dealing with CUI directly. So she's a minimum level three. And she's finding out there's a big difference between a level one and a level three that requires additional controls from 800-171, 20 controls, and plus those processes. I know that she's familiar with those processes. Uh, that you need to that you need to meet, which is kind of still kind of murky up in the air. What does that really mean? I know the DoD and the CMMC accreditation body are still talking about how how will those processes be assessed, and we're 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 working that as well. You know, Rob, you and I have been talking about that. Is how do we assess those processes? There's a lot of questions around that. Uh, going to level five, as you as you may or may not be aware, there are only three levels of certification: uh, one, three, and five. Two and four are transitions to that upper level. With level five, and uh, you know, I came, from, my previous organization was an R1 university. And as as that level of research university, you may require uh, level five, definitely level three. But level five, the difference between the two is more automation. Really, level five is designed to protect against advanced persistent threats, such as the solar winds breach. And mm-hmm. that's why we're hearing a lot about level five now is because that level is designed to protect against or minimize risk against APTs. That requires more automation, as I've just mentioned. For example, a 24-7 SOC, Security Operations Center. Now, that doesn't mean you have to man a SOC 24-7. You may already have that. That's fine, but you can outsource it as long as you've got that 24-7 incident response capability. And that's just one example. Yeah. Most folks out there may not know or be familiar with Florida International University, but you also have a medical side of the, the college, right? And so, annually, you're already doing risk assessments on your network looking at your security program. So you're probably well ahead of most folks that are sitting out there that are, they're just realizing what CMMC is. So actually you've already got a foot in the door. So I don't think it's going to be too much for you on the side of CMMC, but a level three is definitely more aggressive than a level one certification. So the the other piece about that is, does anybody else within your staff know about CMMC? Are they preparing for it as well? Sure. So my team uh, has been briefed on CMMC and we we're already working on the NIST 171 and CUI type uh, research assessments. So we were very familiar with that. And it's just now bringing this next tier into the equation to make sure that we can address any other controls that we might be lacking at this point. You know, even now we are going through some of the grant agencies have been giving us, um, we have to do like the self-assessment gearing up for the CMMC, you know, in the next couple of years. So we are, you know, I heads in this so we're we're, we're, <laughs> we're all in you know and again I, I think it's it's a, a great for our institution to try to be at the highest level possible to you know keep our doors open for potential research grants and you know our researchers do great things and, and, and great work so I'm here to facilitate that and make sure that their information stays protected and secure awesome yeah and that's why we were excited to have you on board because you're your knowledge and you know the things that you deal with it just spreads this big gamut that most folks, yeah. It's just their little network. They only worry about what their core function is. But at the university, you've got several core functions that you have to maintain. And each has a different type of security 
protection level or something that that goes with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was very important for us. And I kind of tipped the scales a lot during our last podcast that you were going to be coming on board with us. And so hopefully everybody is enjoying the conversation. Your university, is it very distributed? No. So one of the big advantages that I have over some of my counterparts is that we, we have a central IT and we manage end-to-end our network and our security and our and our endpoints are managed uh, wow. by central that, IT. That, that's good because you know a lot of universities, each college yeah. has its own IT director. Some of them have their own CIOs and that, that is almost impossible. Yeah, yeah. and so, here we have our own colleges have like IT directors or admins. But they're more localized at the college for like applications that the college needs. But then they come back to the enterprise for these enterprise resources, right? The network, the security, that's all funneled by the, the enterprise on the top. Which was something that, if I'm not mistaken, Helvi, you weren't like that before. This is something you have really, since landing on board as the CISO, has really structured over the last couple of years. Well, I mean, we're talking specifically, it wasn't like that for our HIPAA environment, right? So everything was very managed with the different areas that had HIPAA and it were, you know, they're even from their policies and the procedures were very, you know, focused on, on those areas. But one of our efforts in the last three years has been to bring that to the enterprise and make that centralized that everybody runs by the same playbook. We're all using the same policies, the same incident response process, because it's important for us to have that oversight. At the end of the day, we're one institution, we're one legal entity, right? So it was very important for me to have that visibility and for my counterparts and my, my, my coworkers to also have that perspective. So let me ask you, Tony, because I'm sure Helvi and many others are thinking this, that, you know, they already do annual risk assessments with third party vendors. So uh, as part of their gap assessment or setting the scope for the CMMC certification, can they send you those reports that they had as a starting point? Yes, they they should send those to us as a starting point. Uh, Absolutely. You look on the um, CMMC websites um, with their guidance. That's one of the artifacts that they want to have present it to assessors. Obviously, they want to have the SSP, the system security plan, your NIST 800-171 score from your input to your SPRS, and plus they want a copy of of your last risk assessment. Um, And for an assessor, that gives us a good baseline to go on to to get a kind of a feel for where you are when it comes to to helping you plan for for an assessment. Yeah. And so, Helvi, kind of the difference of, you know, a traditional risk assessment versus the CMMC certification process is, well, you know, when we come out and we start doing the assessment, it's a go or no go. Yes, you passed. No, you didn't. So you just need to be prepared for that. But Helvi, um, how, how did you really hear about us at Redspin? So I heard from Redspin the uh, a conversation I was having with you on a different topic. <laughs> the word of mouth. I like it. <laughs> word of mouth. Yes. Yes. So for our listening audience, I just happened to be doing the assessment with Helvi. And I'm going to let you go into detail on this, Helvi, because it's very important that the stress I saw on your face when I mentioned CMMC. Do you remember that conversation? Yes, like, I do. Rob, it's keeping me up at night. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I mean, it, it was just, you know, we were just talking, wrapping up some other details from our other assessment, and, and we just started talking about it. And when you mentioned to me that you had, uh, you know, certified assessors, I was like, I really need to get more information because from, from where I stand, you know, I'm trying to do as much research as I can about the CMMC. Who does these certifications? Because this is not like NIST 171 that, you know, we have the controls and we know what we're putting in place and what mitigating controls we may have in the documentation, of course. But, you know, this is a lot more complex. So definitely when you mentioned it to me, it was like, 
my, my hope, you just took a lot of weight off my shoulders because, you know, I, I need somebody that I can work with and that we can go through the process because even from, you know, like you mentioned, the, the level one to level three, there's, there's, a, there's a difference, right? And to get us to the level five is a completely different gamut. And we're talking about more automation and how do we get that? Where do we start and what's the timeline to get there? Right, exactly. And just so everybody else knows, uh, all of our listeners, you can also go out to the CMMC marketplace. So, Tony, any other last minute information to pass on to Helvi as she prepares for her assessment and engagement as we wrap this up today? Um, the only thing I'd like, like to ask you is how are you segmenting the CUI environment? How, how difficult are you seeing that as, as a task to get, to get prepared for level three? Yeah, it is very, it is very difficult. Right now we are doing it based on projects or grants that come in and we segment those workstations and, and some devices that are being used for that type of research. So it's really per project, right? We don't have an environment that is a CUI storage and CUI uh, complete environment. However, you know, looking at some of the controls and seeing other compliance efforts and regulations we have to meet, we're not far from that to make the enterprise get to that standard, right? If we're talking about encryption and, and different levels of encryption for storing the data and how users access these the systems and the information, you know, and that's a conversation that I would also, you know, welcome with, with your team is, you know, it, it, can we do an enterprise or are we really just over expanding and, and, and making this more complicated to have all these controls riding on top of the whole institution as our best practices, right? Because or, or our, our, the FIU standard for security. Uh, because I've always been of the mindset that I'd like to go with the, the more rigorous standard because then everything that comes after will, will kind of proceed. And that's where I originally was with my mindset with the NIST 171, but now with CMMC, that's a different conversation. You are exactly right. You definitely don't want the entire university in scope mm -mm. for the CMMC assessment. No. So, so it sounds like you're doing what you can to segment the, your CUI environment to that right now as you have is per project. And, and yeah. you may find it's getting more and more projects. You may just want to build that virtual or this physical and or physical, you know, secure CUI environment. You're kind of doing that now. Yeah. Uh, so the, and you're probably finding that's probably one of the most resource and intensive activities getting ready for a level three assessment is properly protecting that CUI. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, as technical engineers, segmentation is not easy anyway, right? No, it, it, so, is, it is not. And, and segmentation is more than just the technical. As we know, it's about training the people, getting the right accesses to the people um, who are actually storing, processing, and disseminating or transmitting CUI. So it's more than just the technical endeavor. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, along with that, we, we talked a little bit about resources, right? Resources is also going to be a key, key both from a um, software, hardware, and technical resources, as well as people resources. Yes. Because in some of the situations, some of the equipment and devices some of these researchers may be using are not the most secure or more the most up-to-date devices. So that is also a play in the conversation is how do we get the funding to provide them with upgrades to these devices, right? In order for them to be able to meet the standards to security for securing these their data and their research. It's obvious you've done your homework, and as you know, <laughs> there's still more homework ahead. There's still more lessons to learn. I know. <laughs> Coming from an academic institution, you know you have a lot more homework, Absolutely. and that's just the nature of this uh, beast we call CMMC. <laughs> yep. Still growing. Love it. Still, uh -huh. still growing. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, Helvi, thank you and Florida International University for letting us borrow you for the 
this session. It's always a pleasure talking with you. But Thank more you. important today, all the different concerns that you bring to us about CMMC, because there's many out there that are afraid to ask those questions or talk about it. So we appreciate yeah. you joining us. And I'm looking forward to more conversations around this very critical topic for us. And I look forward to collaborating with you in the future. Indeed. Sounds like we got us a new participant on the podcast. Great <laughs> <laughs> talking with you, Helvie. You're doing a great Likewise. job so far. Likewise. Be proud. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I don't know. I'm going to have to circle back with you very soon. <laughs> Thank you again for joining another episode of Cyberspin. The CMMCAB is continually adding to the CMMC process and slowly each day is uncovering more details as time goes on. And we here at Redspin are fortunate enough to have Tony with us, who's on the front edge of that knowledge as it comes out firsthand. So I encourage all of our listeners to stay tuned to Cyberspin to keep up with the latest developments and information. And please don't forget to share this this podcast with those that you may think could benefit from the information and discussions, especially, you know, when we have a prominent CISO like Helby joining us because she's talking about topics that, that I'm sure many are out there are experiencing.